0: Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Tam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans.
1: Hey, NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns, No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee. She is Tam.
0: Renee, what's up with you? Hey, hey.
1: Wow, what a weekend.
0: What a weekend, what an off-season. <laughs> I'm glad to see you. It's
1: good to see you. I know we haven't seen each other in a very long time. But, I um,
0: know, because this guy for good, here for good has been in though. Vegas. He's been traveling yeah. on the stage, just making people laugh. You see, I have a big smile on my face because he always <laughs> brings a smile to my face when I oh, see him. Oh, thank you very much. I can't say you make me laugh, but you definitely <laughs> make me happy. I'll
1: right, that's that. awesome. Thank you.
0: Okay, I don't even know where to begin
1: Well, there's so much to talk about. I mean, we can just start at the very beginning.
0: Before we even go there, ladies and gentlemen, we have to keep it, you know, we have to keep it to our format. How was your weekend?
1: Oh, actually, you know what? My weekend was fantastic. And the one thing I can tell you about my weekend more than anything else is that other than the fact that I was doing shows and I love to be on stage is I ran into my favorite baseball player that plays on my Houston World Series champion, Houston Astros. I ran into Jose Altuve, the second baseman, and I literally thought I was going to lose it. I, I thought I was going to break down and cry. I, I, Tam, I cannot begin to tell you the emotion that came over me. I'm literally just walking in the streets of, of North Hollywood here in Southern California, and I'm going to meet a buddy at a bar after a show. And out of nowhere, I just, my buddy's just like, he's looking and I'm going, what's the matter? He goes, dude, and he goes, that's Jose Altuve. And I'm going, what? <laughs> where? And I mean, I just literally freaked out. And I mean, we walked over and I just, and I, you know, I don't know how I, I, I was like, I became that guy, that guy that I, I don't ever want to become. I don't get starstruck very much, but this guy, oh my God, Tam, I cannot begin to tell you how overwhelmed with emotion I was to take a picture with that guy.
0: That's so Hollywood to say because only Renee would say, oh, I was only in Hollywood walking down the street and I see the second basement from the world champion Houston Astros.
1: That is correct.
0: Oh, and by the way, did you guys see the video that we posted of Renee last week? Oh, it was last week we posted yes, the video, correct. but it was a couple of weeks ago. Or Was it last week you were hanging out with Mr. Chow? Yeah, that the was
1: that was the uh, the week before. So um, I've been starstruck two weeks in a row. No,
0: this is his friend. <laughs> you know, they were hanging.
1: <laughs> That's right. Well, now we're friends.
0: My weekend went a little bit like this: Daytona 500. I was there. I was live up close, personal. Is that mm-hmm. how you say it? Yep, in person. I don't know. I was Both. at I was at the track. I was on the grid. I was every place except in the car. But if somebody would have left me, I probably would have got behind the oh, wheel. Oh, I'm sure as you well.
1: have. It wouldn't be the first time you've been. Yeah. You've been in the car before.
0: I'm sure I would have did a better job than some of the drivers. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? Probably one? so. Okay, I guess it's time for us to really just dive right in. And if we miss you guys. If you didn't know, it's been a while. Yes. So we're glad to be back. Let's jump right into some Daytona 500 conversation.
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, I tell you, Tim, I personally didn't see that end coming at whatsoever. I know I picked Kyle Busch to win that race. I picked Kyle Busch as well. Right. And uh, I I think we both agreed that we thought a veteran driver, whether it was Kyle Busch or not, I knew a veteran driver was probably going to win that race. But you know what? The younger drivers proved us wrong. In a big way.
0: And, did uh, they? In a wow. big way. Yeah. Before we go any further, I guess let's give you the top 10 from Daytona. If you did not know or if you missed the race, but we know you're NASCAR fans, so you did not miss the race. But just in case you did or you need a refresher, let me break it down for you. Austin Dillon drove the number three back into victory lane on the 20th Austin. anniversary of Dale Earnhardt Sr.'s win at the Daytona 500. Daryl Bubba Wallace Jr., he only came in second place. (laughs) Only second place, the first African-American driver to drive in the Daytona 500 since, I believe it was 1969. That is correct. It's been a long time. And he was the highest finishing rookie in the Daytona 500. Denny Hamlin, there go our veterans. Denny Hamlin came in third. Joy Logano, fourth, Chris Busher, fifth, Paul Menard, sixth, Ryan Blaney, seventh, Ryan Newman. Hey, Ryan. I feel like we're going to be talking about Ryan this yes. season. I, I hope we do. Mm-hmm. Ryan came in eighth. Michael McDowell, that's not a name that I think we've ever said on this show unless we were reading something off. Very he true. came in ninth. And A.J. Armendinger came in 10th place. Although we just want to give you the top 10, I want to talk about a few other drivers, some notables who yes. placed. AJ Armadinger actually, like I said, right. came in top 10. Right. Let me repeat that. AJ Armadinger actually came in top 10. And I say that name and I put emphasis on that name because there's always so much talk about him at restrictor places as well as road Right. Roll was, courses. Mm-hmm. More so roll courses than restrictor plate. But, you know, that wasn't bad for that guy. Eric Amarola came in 11th. And I'm going to talk about Eric only because yeah, did, Eric could have came in first place. But Austin Dillon said, not today. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know if it was a bump and run or was it just good, well, hard racing? You know what?
1: Uh, we'll get into that, but I'll give you You got some opinion. opinions about yeah. that?
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Justin Marks. 12th, uh, you know, I feel like I'm just going to end up reading all the names, but I'm not, but I just wanted to read some notables. Trevor Bayne, 13th. We oh never talk God. about Trevor on this show. My man, Clint Boyer, is not really a notable situation, but because we like it. my guy, I'm going <laughs> to say Clint Boyer came in 15th. I want to kind of go to the bottom. There were a bunch of drivers who did not finish because of accidents. Right. There was only one driver who had engine failure and that was, uh, Corey LaJoy. Kurt Bush looked like he was going to be a repeat, you know, after yeah, the 20, a 2500 really chance. That did not happen. And he ended up in 26th place. Obviously, he got caught up in an accident. Kevin Harvick, 31st. He got caught up in an accident. Mm-hmm. Brad Keselowski, 32nd place. Chase Elliott. And at one point, Chase was looking good. Yeah,
1: he was looking good. And then uh, that whole wreck between him and Kislowski really did a lot, not just them two in, but did a lot of the other guys that you just mentioned in. That was unfortunate, you know, because uh, you're, you I think you're right. Chase Elliott really did look good for the most part of that race. Whatever the situation was that him and Kislowski I mean, they were driving aggressively. And I don't know what your thoughts are as far as like your race, is con- or your race driver is concerned, but it was just really good racing. It
0: really was good racing. Yeah. I mean, I I have no complaints about anything, but I do want to talk about the Austin situation with Eric Amarola. And just really quick, one last name I want to mention. Well, actually, two, I want to talk about Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy came in 38th. Like his day was done early. He only completed 59 laps. I mean, this guy, he ended last season on a low note and he's starting this season. On a lower note, yeah. So again, it's Daytona. We we don't really know how things ever play out at Daytona, but it's not looking good for the seven-time champ, right? And then he's surrounded by three teammates that are super young. I mean, <laughs>
1: yeah, I know. Chase
0: Elliott is twenty-one, right? I mean, these guys are all under twenty-five. Between William Byron. Is William Byron even twenty one? I don't. Yeah, yeah I don't, don't even think know he's, he's old to get and into then, a
1: bar. <laughs> and, yeah, so you and have Chase, legally.
0: You have Chase Elliott. You have Alex Bowman and William Byron. So the old man, I don't know. Can we call him Papa Johnson at this point? <laughs> you know, Papa Johnson. He better step up his game because the young guys kind of, sort of, maybe. I was that, making well, him look bad. Uh,
1: well, going back to the top ten that you you mentioned, I mean, just a few minutes ago, a lot of youngsters in that in that top ten, but you know, a, a good handful of the uh, veterans are 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 in there as well. So you know, let's let's see how this whole year plays out. But uh, this really kind of started out the season on a on a crazy note.
0: Interesting note. Yes. Let's use the word interesting. And the last driver I want to mention is Danica Patrick. I feel like this will be the last time ever we talk about Danica on this show. Well, I guess we do need to talk about her GoDaddy situation a little later. But as of now, I don't think we're going to be talking about Danica. (laughs) And if we sound excited about that. Let's see. What do we always say on this show? Right.
1: We're not Danica haters. We're just not Danica Patrick fans. That's all we're saying. Yeah. So, now, sh- I, and just <laughs> real quick, I will say this because I tweeted it out and, um, I went, I, I just kind of looked at everything and I just put it all into my head in a quick second and I tweeted it out. And all I said was new year. New boyfriend, but same old Danica Patrick. And I missed that just, tweet, but yeah. it's so
0: true because- It is, Tam, it, it is. It's so true. <laughs> well, Danica finished 35th. Yep. And I wrote an article on The Drive. For our new listeners, for those who don't know, most of you guys already know at this point, but I also am, I write for The Drive. I'm a contributor. And I wrote in my most recent article that Danica Patrick actually went out the way- Most expected her to go out, which was an accident. Yeah. It sounded all good. Like, yeah, I'm going to race the Daytona 500 and the Indy 500. But it would have been great if she raced another race aside from the unpredictable Daytona 500. Yeah. Because maybe she would have finished and had fonder memories of NASCAR.
1: I'm going to agree with you because I'll be honest with you. I was rooting for her. Not to win the Daytona 500, but I was rooting for her to at least finish the race. I wanted her to finish at least the race and finish at least maybe at a good top 20. I thought that she could go out on a good note. And she could feel good about leaving the sport on a good note like that. And when that whole crash just happens, it's like that emoji with the hand over the face. And it's just like, Oh my God. It's just like, here we go. This just, it's just typical Danica right here. And I, I really felt bad for her. And I know Aaron Rodgers was there and. He was there to help her out and by, by supporting her and, and trying to be there for her. But you know what, man? He got an up close and personal look of what her, basically her career has just been this whole entire time.
0: Five years of Rex and. Drama and attitude because
1: yeah, she's,
0: she's had a little bit of an attitude. I want she's a say, little
1: firecracker. She's yeah,
0: feisty. I overheard some of the media guys talking at Daytona 500 Media Day, mm-hmm. and one of the photographers jumped in their conversation. So apparently we were all ear hustling, as they would say. Right. And they were talking about how, I don't want to say rude because she wasn't necessarily rude. But she was on the carpet talking to some of the television outlets. And there was another driver next to her talking. And in the middle of her answering the question, she was like, I'm sorry. I don't know if it's just me, but he's so loud. I can't hear myself think. We were like, wow.
1: Yeah.
0: That was a little unprofessional only because this is how it always is. There are other people that are talking at the same time. There was another driver who was standing next to the other driver right before she came up. And I will give her this. The other driver was a little bit loud. But hey, you know what? Focus on your own business.
1: Right. I understand when you're trying to talk. I mean, coming from somebody who is a performer and does stand up for a living, I can kind of almost understand what she's talking about in a sense of like you're on stage, you're trying to talk to the audience. But then there's like this one section of people or a person that's loud and they're talking like uh, loud enough that, that you can hear. And that you can't hear yourself. And it's distracting. So I kind of sympathize with her. But at the same time, I kind of understand just like one of those things where you have to kind of like just control yourself. And you kind of have to be a little bit more professional in a sense of like going, all right, well, you know what? I'm just going to acknowledge it and then move on. But the thing when she acknowledges something, she's like really feisty about it.
0: Yeah, she's feisty. I mean, That's- I kind of
1: like that about her. Uh, maybe because I kind of like feisty women in general. I think that's why we get along so well, Tim. But,
0: Renee said that he likes me because I'm feisty.
1: Yeah, I do. You know what? But if you... you and, go ahead, and this is something personal about me, but if you go back and if you know anything about me and the, and the women that I've dated, all of them are feisty. And I don't know if it's because I like that and I think I need that kind of woman to kind of keep me in check. But I don't know. That's, that's just me. But anyway, yeah, that, okay. that's a completely different podcast and another story.
0: <laughs> okay, so let's stay on the theme of feistiness and let's talk about... Austin Dillon because yeah. the move that he put on Eric Amarola can be considered feisty to some. Now yeah. to others, they thought that he dumped them, but personally you do what you got to do to win. At least that's the way I look at it. You know what? I don't care if it's the Daytona 500 or Talladega or Atlanta, you're in my way. I'm going to run you over as yeah. simple as that. And speaking of which, for those that never saw the interview, that we did or didn't hear us talk about it. Renee and I interviewed Austin Dillon, mm-hmm. not this year, but last year in Las Vegas during NASCAR's Champions Week. And I asked him if it was a situation where it was between him and his brother, Ty Dillon. I remember that. Would he run him over? Because I explained <laughs> to him, very simple, I will run over my own mother.
1: Yeah, yeah. And
0: I have no shame. Get out of the way. Move. Get out the way. And we got a good chuckle out of that. It was a great interview. Austin is a great guy. He always wears the coolest shoes. I just want to add that. He has some cowboy boots on. Yeah,
1: and he always wears the coolest suits, too. He's got, And I'm a suit kind of guy, so I love suits, but that guy wears some cool suits. But yes, you're right. He did say that. And he said, look, uh, I'm not going to race against my brother no different way than another driver that's in another car. He, He just becomes another driver on the racetrack. And I don't blame him. I, I really don't. But, you know, going back to the Amarillo and, uh, and Austin Dillon thing, Eric said, he said it in a statement after the race. He's like, look, he was just racing. He didn't, you know, he didn't take any offense to it. He was trying <sighs> to win the Daytona 500, just like I was. End quote, if you will. I, Eric took no offense to it. That's exactly how I saw it as a, as a fan watching it. Hey, you know, I, Eric tried to make a move and it didn't work and Austin got around him and. Turn him into the wall, but hey, that is racing. That's you trying to win the Daytona 500, and I would have done the same thing.
0: Well, Eric did say he was heartbroken.
1: Yes, well. But
0: anybody should be heartbroken. And uh, that can, I mean, it wasn't much he could do because Austin was behind him. It wasn't like they were side by side. And honestly, I don't know if I would have ever admitted to being heartbroken. Uh, well, I would have admitted to. Watching your back at the next race. (laughs) There's 30 other
1: something drivers that are heartbroken, I can tell you that.
0: There is something coming for you if you... Caused me not right. to win the Daytona Five Hundred. Yeah,
1: and you know what, Denny Hamlin is also heartbroken as well. But I thought Denny Hamlin had it in the bag. But you know, on that restart, I don't know what it was. I don't know what he was looking for. But I could tell as soon as that restart happened, he was losing it. I, like he literally was using it because uh, Amarola was like taking over that whole entire restart, and uh, Denny Hamlin let it slip away. So I mean, you know, he he did finish what eleventh, I think it was, or or uh,
0: yeah, well, I, uh, I, I think he finished eleventh. But quick. either way. No, actually um, Aaron Amarola finished yeah, you were right. He finished eleventh. Yeah, he there did. He have it.
1: And uh, you know what? Still something to hang your head high about. But you know, he had it in the bag, and unfortunately, it slipped away. And um, you know what? Austin Dillon comes away, and what a great, what a great way to finish! I mean, twenty years to the date. You know, the number three is back in victory lane, and Earnhardt Sr. I'm sure was smiling somewhere in the yes. clouds above, and I'm I'm sure he was very, very happy.
0: Well, <laughs> let's talk about this for a minute, Renee. The number three returns to victory lane Mm -hmm. 20 years to the date. Jeffrey Earnhardt upholds an Earnhardt running in every Daytona 500 race for the last 40 years. Right. And then this was our first race without our beloved Dale Jr. I know. And I mean, you know, obviously it wasn't (laughs) our first race without Dale, but the first race that we have to really understand, we will not see Dale Jr. in a cup race.
1: I know. uh...
0: Hopefully that... Hopefully, I'll eat my words on that, but we know he's officially I know, it's, retired It's, at it's this still point.
1: weird, but not, not seeing Junior out there, but at the same time, I mean, you know, you look at all these other young drivers. It's weird. I remember we talked about this a lot uh last year about how, you know, the new era of, of new drivers coming in. I mean, look at our poll winner for the Daytona 500. was bombing. I mean, here's a guy we just... I mean, we literally interviewed him just a year ago. Exactly
0: a year ago, we had a chance. Here he is. He's winning the
1: poll, or he won the poll, and he still finished decently in the in the Daytona five hundred. But I mean, look at all these young drivers. I mean, Busher even finished in the top ten. Chris Busher finished in the top ten.
0: Chris Busher won a race before. Yes, and he did. Although we will forever forget that he won a race, (laughs) but Chris Busher actually finished fifth again Daytona. About that.
1: And, you know, Ryan Blaney, look at that kid. Well, I mean,
0: Ryan, he dominated because he led over 100 laps. I right. It he like didn't win the Daytona
1: 500, but he's in first place because of uh, the stage yeah, races that Yeah, so he's in he first
0: place in the standings. There because you go. Of the, he won stage two, I believe it
1: was. Yeah, but I guarantee you, I'm sure he would have rather win that Daytona 500.
0: Uh, hello. <laughs> but speaking of stages... It was a quiet day for the stage king. And we all know the stage king is Martin Truex Jr. I feel like my own personal opinion, but after all, that's what we do on this show is we give you our opinions. I feel as if he was disrespected this weekend. This entire speed week, I didn't really feel that anybody gave the former champ the props that he deserved. and. I guess I shouldn't use the word former because he currently still is the champ, but it felt like he was the former champ because I didn't feel the media took a lot of attention to him Mm -hmm. during media day. His name just didn't float around like, dude, he is our 2017 cup champion. Right. But yet- it seemed like all the focus was on Bubba Wallace.
1: Yeah, well, and, right, and William rightfully Byron, so.
0: As well as Alex Bowman, who obviously <laughs> was our pole setter.
1: Yeah, and you know, uh, as far as Truex Jr. is concerned, obviously he didn't get to finish the race because of the, the, the wreck that, you know, transpired towards the end. You know, the one thing I can tell you is that I agree with you. I thought that they, the media was not really focused on Martin Truex Jr., but their entire focus seemed to be on all... Uh, are on, on a lot of the newer drivers that were, uh, driving this year. And if that's the way NASCAR is, is kind of wanted to put their focus, I, am okay with that because, you know, th- like we have talked about before, even last year and the year before, you know, NASCAR's trying to get a newer audience and a bigger audience. If that's what they need to do, I, I'm okay with that. And you know what, Bubba Wallace, I mean, Richard Petty has and was just completely beside himself and happy at what took place in that race this past Sunday. Here you are. You, you let Bubba Wallace, you know, hop in your 43 and he finishes second in the Daytona 500. That speaks volumes. I mean, just big time. Second place. Come on. That, that's not bad at all, Tim.
0: Renee, you're absolutely right. That does speak volumes regarding Bubba Wallace finishing second. I mean, this young man, we can go on. We've already talked about him a little bit on this show. I feel like we're not going to get enough of talking about this guy. Right now, he has his Facebook show going on. So (laughs) fans and new fans, hopefully, to NASCAR can follow along his journey. Mm -hmm. And what else can I say? renee like yeah, what else can we say you he's know, a funny guy great personality showed a little bit emotions you know which exactly
1: i that, think that's the key that was my thing
0: yeah some of the drivers some of the newer younger nascar drivers personalities are just not there and that's a problem most nascar fans the veteran fans because we don't mm-hmm. like to use the word old on all turns no brakes right but veteran fans love the drivers that they love in the past because of the personalities right obviously being able to race and win is a factor but if you have no personality eh, how can we like you how can we follow you because (laughs) nascar is a sport that let's keep it real it's more to nascar than racing it's about the personalities right i want to say this someone made a comment I forgot which driver said this, but they talked about the fact that Clint Boyer has one of the best personalities, but Mm -hmm. he has never been most popular driver. Now, I would like to add maybe if he was winning and he was in some better equipment, not now, but back then. Right. He could have been most popular driver, although we know that would never have happened because it was going to always be Dell Jr.
1: Yeah, but, but, but you, you, know, you know, that's why when Tony Stewart retired, I thought the best guy to take over that car was... Clint Boyer, you're you're talking about one personality leaving and another one come another one just as good coming into his car. And I know we've talked about this many a times before. I think you're right. I think there are uh, personalities that are there and some personalities that aren't. But that is what I love about Bubba Wallace is the fact that here is a young kid who is just like he said in his statement after the race, he just tries to do his best him. Yes. And the emotion that was in that you were there, and I, I can't imagine what that, that emotion oh was God. like. But I, I was watching it just online, and I got emotional. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm beside myself right now. Yes. <laughs> I'm, like, doing this. I'm like, uh, but you felt it. And, you, and when his mom came up there, you could you could feel it. And he's trying to keep it together. And he says it out loud. Look, keep it together, Bubba. You, you finished second for crying out loud.
0: Okay. I want to kind of as I always say the old folks say. So Mm -hmm. as the old folks say, I kind of want to cosign on what you just said, but I also want to add something else and ask you a question. Okay. We're talking about emotions and personality. Do you feel Eric Amarola has the personality to be in the number 10 that obviously... He's replacing Danica Patrick, but he's on a team full of personalities. You have Kevin Harvick, you have Kurt Busch, and you have Clint Boyer, who all race for Stuart Haas. And then you have Mm -hmm. Eric Amarola. I don't know, does the personalities match? I mean, at some point, it is about what you can do on the track. But right. I also always look at personalities because, like we just said, NASCAR is about personality as well as driving. Mm-hmm. Eric's personality.
1: Well, mm-hmm. his does stand out because it's not like the others. However, I think if... He continues to race and be competitive like he was this past weekend. I think you'll see this personality come out because I liked okay. his emotion after the race. The way he was emotional and just saying that God, I was, I'm, he's so distraught and he could taste it. He could see the finish line and it didn't happen. And I think that emotion brings out that personality that he probably doesn't even know that is there. And that is what I like about it. Okay. And that's what I see is happening Here's here.
0: Here's a question for you. Will that situation bring out the emotion that i need to race hard and i need to take a page from tony stewart and yes. go out and wreck some folks you know what and you know we let me just preference it <laughs> by saying this renee alluded that i'm feisty <laughs> i like eric amarola but i also appreciate people who go out and take back what's theirs
1: right right um, You know,
0: I mean, if, if, so do, if, is he going to retaliate? Probably well, not.
1: Probably but. not. Because I mean, it's not something that was uh purposely done. And he admitted that he knew that Austin Dillon didn't, didn't do it purposely. He was just trying to win the Daytona 500 just like he was. Now, do I think he's going to go out there and do something as a retaliation? I don't think so, but I do think that he's going to try and race just as aggressively and competitively as he did this past weekend. And if that means that he's going to do something that pisses somebody else off or another driver, God forbid it's Kyle Busch, then so be it.
0: (laughs) I will say this, at the very moment that I saw it all go down, I kept thinking to myself, boy, if that was Kyle Bush oh, after the race, my God. even if he was right or wrong, <laughs> we would have saw some action. Oh, definitely. Okay, so there we have it. We do not think Eric Amarola will retaliate, but we do think this is the start of him being a little bit more aggressive yeah. in the future and, and
1: you know what and it, it, uh, just a quick note i want to say that i thought it was really good not the way he finished but at least his finished in general yes and even if he would have finished and won the daytona 500 what an amazing thing that would have been from that horrible wreck that he had the year before i mean you know that would have just been a feel-good story
0: well there you have it and speaking of stories We need to talk a little bit about what some some are saying is a story Denny Hamlin is telling. Right. I don't know. I'm not going to touch it. I'll let you comment on that. Right.
1: Well, listen, I don't know if anybody uh, or any of uh, our listeners or anybody uh, NASCAR fans out there that have uh, heard this particular story, but uh, Denny Hamlin... Um, had a situation come up with NASCAR from a uh, podcast that he was doing, and uh, the podcast is uh, called Pardon My Takes uh, on the Barstool Sports uh, Network. Well, Denny Hamlin happened to be on that podcast. Uh, I don't know which host it was, but uh, one of them asked if uh, he got dr- drug tested, you know, just a normal conversation of a question that they were having, and Denny Hammond responded with, yes, they test us all the time. Well, one of them specifically asked if any of the drivers Drivers are Denny Hamlin himself took Adderall to help them focus. And, and supposedly this was in a jokingly manner, but Denny Hamlin responded with yes. And the host then said, well, if you had to put a percentage on it, a la Jose Canseco-ish kind of type of thing. Well, Denny Hamlin said, yeah, he goes, I would, I would say 70% of the drivers take Adderall. Now this completely blew up and obviously nascar called danny hamlin in because obviously this is a very serious matter here for a nascar driver to be on podcasts show anything for him to say something like that now you you can guarantee nascar is going to take this very very serious nascar did make a statement a nascar official uh and i quote said if any competitor is found to have tested positive for a substance taken without a prescription nascar has a zero tolerance policy and the member will be indefinitely suspended end quote nascar said in a statement now, the reason why this is so serious is because of what Denny Hamlin said, but Denny Hamlin said it was a jokingly manner, it was a jokingly answer. To a jokingly question, he did say that the podcast is known to be joking and not taken very serious about a lot of the things that they talk about, but they did call Denny Hamlin in and they had a discussion and Denny Hamlin said that he was not serious about what he said. There was no facts or any proof to anything that he said, but obviously you can uh, see how this was a very serious matter. NASCAR officials handled it with Denny Hamlin and uh, the matter is uh, seems to be over. So,
0: well, other than that. on that note, I think we should probably move <laughs> on to our fan comment of the week and some predictions. Let's do it. I think I want to stay on that note. Okay. And our fan comment of the week comes from a comment on yardbarker.com and this comment is in regards to the whole Denny Hamlin comment. All these comments, everybody has a comment. But it is in regards to his comment of saying that he was just taking jazz, making a joke. Right. A reader responds and leaves a comment saying, After watching the interview with Bubba, I think he needs a double dose of Adderall. Who does this kid think he is? What has he accomplished? Now driving for a low-budget team. Bubba jumped in on the whole Hamlin-Adderall situation by saying that hamlin might need to take some adderall for that one right after the contact at the checker flag he basically just took it upon himself to kind of throw in a comment and and, and it was all in fun and games going back to this commenter saying that he needs a dose who are you to say that he needs a dose and he's driving for a low-budget team. At the end of the day, he's driving for the King Richard Petty in the legendary number 43 car. Now, granted, Richard Petty Racing does not have money like a Stuart Haas team. But the reality is, it's even better that he took the car... To a second place finishing a Daytona 500, if right. you really think he's on a driving for a low budget team. Right. How about that? So let's see what this guy really does when he gets in some equipment that has money. If you feel that it's a low budget right. team.
1: And you know what? And, and the fact that he said, what has he accomplished? Well, finishing second as a rookie, as a matter of fact, you you said it at, at the beginning of the podcast, the way he finished, he was the highest rookie that finished in a Daytona 500, second place, and the highest as an African-American driver. This is just a, a hater, just like, doesn't want to give this kid any credit. But I mean, come on, this kid accomplished several things just, just where he finished in the Daytona 500 this past weekend. So
0: You know what? Somebody else commented and replied to this commenters. What exactly. he had to say? Someone said, must be a damn good driver to finish second with a low-budget team. There you go. So he's pretty much saying exactly what we said.
1: Right, exactly. Now,
0: we usually will read maybe one or two comments. But instead of reading a second comment... For this show, I want to encourage you guys to join us on Twitter every Monday for our Twitter chat that goes down at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon specific Time. We talk about all this kind of stuff every week during our chat. And in fact, we sometimes give away some cool gifts. Last week during our Twitter chat, we gave away a pair of Valvoline mechanic gloves as well as some... I forgot what they call them. Oh, hero cards. So mm-hmm. I had a few extra hero cards that I gave away this week or next week. Cause when you guys hear this podcast, it'll be the next week's Twitter chat. Please join us. Right. And again, our Twitter and this is our Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. We can be found at turns no breaks. And if you ever forget, make sure to just stop by our website which is allturnsnowbreaks.com we actually post a lot of the comments from our twitter chat each week on the website so mm-hmm. with that being said we had to get a little bit of housekeeping out the way let's go into our predictions
1: my favorite part of the show
0: it's time for tam and renee's race predictions
1: Renee, who you got? Okay, so we are in Hotlanta, Atlanta. And you know what? And I never used to say where we were going to be at. So yes, we are, are going to be in Atlanta this coming weekend. The fact that the way that this the Daytona 500 unfolded, and I know Austin Dillon won, and I know he's probably one of the younger drivers that are out there that could win a race, obviously, in any other manner uh, other than not having uh, to have a wreck happen. I don't want to not acknowledge that. Denny Hamlin, a veteran, had that wrapped up. A veteran driver should have and could have won the Daytona 500. I'm going to stick with a veteran driver. And it's not going to be Denny Hamlin, although I think Denny Hamlin is going to be up there. I'm not going to go with Kyle Busch. I almost kind of want to go, and this is going to be so out there, I kind of want to go with Brad Kislowski.
0: Wow, Bad Brad. I know.
1: I kind of want to go with Bad Brad. But... I am going to go with a race car driver that we talked about earlier. And I want everybody to understand that, um, I don't want, I don't want anybody to have to worry about this driver because let me tell you something. You should never be worried about this driver because this driver is a, a solidified himself at the very top with some major, major Hall of Famers. And I'm going with Jimmy Johnson to win an Atlanta and I'm going to stick with that pick. And I'm not going against it. I'm going with Jimmy Johnson... And he is going to be your checkered flag winner in Atlanta this coming weekend.
0: Okay, excellent pick. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm about to give the history lesson for this week regarding Atlanta. School is in session. School is in session. And I think you must have been doing some studying because your pick is probably right on point. Every week, I will give you the past 10 winners at the track that we are going to be racing at. And as Renee said... Finally, because last season he would never say <laughs> what track we were at. We are racing in Hotlanta. Our past 10 winners are Brad Kazlowski took home the checker flag in 2017. So you said you were thinking about Brad. Mm-hmm. So that was a good choice. Jimmy Johnson, 2016. Jimmy Johnson, 2015. Casey Kane, 2014. Casey Kane. Kyle Bush 2013. Denny Hamlin in 2012. Jeff Gordon in 2011. Now, prior to 2011, we actually raced twice in Atlanta. Now we only race one. So for 2010, there were two winners for the two different races, which included Tony Stewart and Kurt Busch. And in 2009, Casey Kane won one race and Kurt Busch won the other. And in 2008, Cousin Carl, as in Carl Edwards, and boy, I feel like we didn't even talk about How I'm feeling about missing Carl Edwards.
1: Oh, boy. Let me tell you.
0: Before I even say that, I'll just say it was Carl Edwards and Kurt Busch won the other race. And really quick, I want to squeeze this in. We saw Greg Biffle at the Daytona 500. There is a photo posted (laughs) on our Twitter account, Turns no breaks. if you want to check it out. That is our, I guess, a little bit more than our past 10 winners because, Mm -hmm. like I said, prior to... 2011, we raced twice at Atlanta. Some notable patterns that I saw, just some notable situations, winners, I guess. Mm -hmm. Jimmy Johnson is a five-time winner at Atlanta, so your pick is right on point. Kurt Busch is a three-time winner in Atlanta, and Casey Kane is also a three-time winner at Atlanta. Believe it or not, Kevin Harvick won a race, but guess when he won that race?
1: Oh... Boy, a long time ago. long
0: time ago. In 2001. <laughs> that is 17 wow. years ago. Kevin Harvick won that race. Yeah. Crazy. Okay, so my pick is very simple. I'm feeling like I'm going to go with Kurt Busch, and I'll tell you why. Kurt yeah. Busch was doing well at the Daytona 500 until he wrecked out. I just, I don't know. I feel like Kurt Busch has something going for himself.
1: Yeah. Very nice pick. So
0: that is my pick, ladies and gentlemen. Tweet us and let us know your picks.
1: That is correct. If you have a pick that is not one of ours, let us know which one you think. Let us know who your favorite driver is and who you think is going to win. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. And just to reiterate what Tam said a few minutes ago, please find us on social media at TurnsNoBreaks across the board on Twitter and Instagram. Find us on our Facebook page, All AllTurnsNoBreaks, or go to our website, AllTurnsNoBreaks.com. If you listen to our podcast, we thank you. And uh, please, if you know anybody else that would loves NASCAR just as much as you do and just as much as we do, turn them on to our podcast. You can find us on on Apple Music.
0: It's actually Apple Podcasts.
1: Well, yeah, that's correct. (laughs) It's very weird how iTunes has totally switched uh, all this thing, but it's Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Google Play and Stitcher. Please find us or just Google us in general. All turns, no breaks. Thank you for listening, and we will see you here again next week after Atlanta.
0: Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee.